0: Hello. New Japan Pro Wrestling, crisps, and pornography.
1: So do not Welcome back to Open the Voice Gate for December 29th, 2022. We are members of the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. You can find our show on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast feed or our own dedicated podcast feed on all podcast platforms and applications. You can follow us on Twitter at OpenVoiceGate. If you would like to donate to the show, just click the link in the show notes. It'll send you to our redcircle.com landing site. You click the red box that says Sponsors Podcasting and set up a one time or reoccurring donation. No obligation whatsoever, but we would like to thank all of our previous donors. I'm one of your hosts, it's your old pal, Mike Spears, joined alongside, as always, your other co-host, Case Lowe, and Case, happy holidays, buddy.
0: Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. I forget, did we, did we record a show last week?
1: No, I don't believe so. No, 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 we recorded one right before I left town.
0: Yeah, that origin. was... Yeah, okay, we did, we did. I, it feels like I haven't talked to you in a month, I don't know why that is. It's just is, it's been just over a week.
1: Well, man... My last 48 hours have felt like a month, so maybe that's why.
0: Did you fall victim to the Southwest uh, debacle?
1: No, so I had my own unique travel woes, which is that I'm a crazy person who decides to drive long distances solo, and when I was, originally we were going to record this, I think last night, but, but anyways, uh, right as I was like, I got up at 5am, leaving the compound, driving up north with Pudge, and... Right as I got to Jacksonville, I, I the I-95 completely shut down, completely shut down. I didn't know realize until later that it was because someone got decapitated under an 18-wheeler 20 oh, minutes oh before me. Oh, my God. Okay. So it took me four hours to get 10 miles. And with the way that I drive, and especially with having a dog with me, I kind of... Nine and a half hours drive, I can do it if everything goes right. I can do it in one day, one shot. I don't really need much breaks. I can just go, and then whenever I need to let out the dog, that's when I can take a break. But when that happens, I'm just like, well, there goes that. So I luckily was able to get a hotel room, and I drove back up to Greenville today. I got in three hours ago. So, and let me tell you, dog's first time in a hotel room was something. It was was not what I expected.
0: How'd the dog handle it?
1: It took, uh, basically. So I play these YouTube videos when I leave the house with the dog, just because it's just like background noise. He seems like a dog.
0: I am am familiar. My girlfriend does this this with her dog. I started to mock it, and then I realized she took it very seriously, and I quickly backed off.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you know, uh, a lot of it is because if I want to go, he does not like going upstairs in my office. So it's something that like if I'm recording like right now, it's easier for me just to play a video and he will be downstairs and he's fine. So but I basically had to do that and do a white noise machine because new dog in a new surrounding hates whenever someone's moving around a hotel. Makes sense. So uh, I'm operating on very little sleep, but that's not anything here. We're here this week, though. It's the last week of 2022 dragon gate had their last two shows of 2022 of course we're talking about the final gate from fukuoka and then their return to home base for the traditional season finale in case we were just talking about this it is something where 2022 has felt like a lot and now i'm looking back at this dragon gate year and we'll do more of this next week we will have our traditional award show and we'll talk about other Integrations of listeners and discords as, as we go into the show. But it, it's something that kind of struck me as I saw D Kirk close out the show this week, uh, or in Kobe. Man, 2022 is really over for Dragon Gate in a way. And it's something that was very nice to see how things kind of ended up there. So, Case, what were your big thoughts about this week?
0: I'll reiterate this when we talk about the Shingo match on Final Gate. But However, you think of Drangate this year, some people look at it as a low point in the promotion's history. Some people look at it like I think you and I are both on the on the same page of like, no, this was this was a pretty good year. You know, there was a lot of good in the moment, and it seems like there's a lot of good that's going to come of this year. I, I don't remember a time in Drangate's history in which In our bubble, there's been such diverse opinions on the quality of this promotion from people that are geared to like it anyways, not just people who parachute in and fade the promotion because it's not their thing. Ultimately, I don't know how you could come away from Final Gate and from this Kobe Sambo Hall show not just feeling good about the promotion. I thought these shows were very fun. Final Gate had some stuff on it that I thought was excellent. And then that Kobe Sabo Hall show to close the year was a very, very good time. So this has been an exhausting year. There's no doubt about that. There, there's, it, it is objective to say that 2022 and Dragate was an objectively exhausting year. But in the thick of that was a lot of great stuff. And, and I thought these last two shows sort of personified that.
1: Yeah, you know, I think that it's one of those things where I feel like that in the moment, it was like very, very exhausting, but it's gonna be really fascinating. Like in 2027, when we take a step back five years, get some distance and be able to like really evaluate the changes. Like in the moment, I feel like, like, like you were saying that the, the course correction happened and it is something that, you know, they, I, and I think that we've been harping on this for the last two years, they have found a way to push themselves forward this year. And and it's something that they really started doing in COVID. And it's something that I think that when you look at these last two shows and you look at how the cards are presented and how people are used, it's a different Dragon Gate now. It's a new generation Dragon Gate. And if all of what we had to get through, to get through a very unfun May and summer to get here, I I guess like we have to take those looks. Because I, I feel like we're entering 2023 in a really intriguing time in the promotion.
0: It's a different Dragon Gate in the sense that there's a lot of new names and faces, but, and this is maybe where I differ from a lot of people, I don't think the overall tone of the promotion has changed. I mean, you look at even just the the matches that have taken place this month, you know, KZ versus Shun from that second Corkin show at uh, December 16th, that was a classic Dragon Gate Style of match. You look at Yoshioka versus Mochizuki from the first and show. That was a classic Dreamgate match. You look at the fun that Kaito Nagano has had this month. You look at you know Yoshioka versus Ben K, two generational rivals. In the same way that people fawned over you know Yamato versus Tozawa and Hulk versus Tozawa and Yamato versus Hulk and Shingo versus Yamato, we are seeing the next generation of that with Ben versus Yoshioka in that final gate main event. It is astonishing to look at. The roster turnover and the way that people have been cycled up and down the card and the names that matter now compared to the names that don't matter that might have mattered four or five years ago, it's incredible to look at. I think, you know, 2018, 2019, 2020, 2021, they were rebuilding a house that had been destroyed from Tozawa's departure, from Shima's departure, from... You know, I, I will go, as, as odd as that might sound to say, from Takahiro Yamamura's departure and then from Shingo leaving in October of 2018, they had to demolish and they had to rebuild. I, I don't think of this year as a rebuilding year for them. They're living in the house now. They have created this universe that they can easily live in, where they have a young under-30 world champion who is consistently drawing better and better houses to every market they go to. They have a fleet of 25 and under wrestlers who feel like they're ready to take on the world. I am so much more bullish on the future of this company than I was 2017, 2018, 2019. And quite frankly, even with names attached to the promotion of those years, you know, your Shimas, in your Shingos, and maybe a more relevant BB Hulk or a Yamato. I just think the promotion was better this year than it was 2017, 2018, 2019. You, you know, one thing that
1: really kind of took me aback when I was like watching this stuff, like I got to finally watch Final Gate in a hotel room last night. I got through some of Kobe, uh, the Kobe Farewell. The thing that got me this uh, afterwards and like seeing like Decourage close out the show just is like it, you're talking about the house that was built and the house that they're living in. It, it, it's something that that house started was, like they tore down the, the old house at Final Gate 2020 with the uh, R.E.D. versus Tori Mon uh, Generation Disbands match. And it's something that I feel like really from there into into 2021 into 2022 and as we enter 2023 you look at the house that's been built and i i don't know how it i i I can get people who are like okay i'm more like the wrestlers from back in 2013 i i understand that i'm my favorite wrestler in the world left to, to, to kind of start this uh reset but you you can't look at this company now and and if you're applying, you can't look at this company and apply the eyes of, okay, it is going that this is not the Dragon Gate. This is not Dragon Gate because you like you look at it, and as you were saying, there are some like 25 year like tendencies that are still just as much in here as it was back in 2013, 2005, 1999, and it's just really remarkable in a way that like I almost did like a mental exercise case where i was trying to figure out how many true borns there are and it's just remarkable how many have just like throughout the last 24 months have completely revitalized and have remade this promotion in a way that is still a dragon system as it's always been but it's also rebuilt it in a way that it's just like oh now we are really in this time period where you look at yuki oshioka and he sold out kobe sambo hall for the first time since covid and That is something that, yeah, not a lot of people run that building. It's not a huge building, but it's something that that tells you the heartbeat of the company in a way. And that's something that it took them a while to get back to that point. And that's been really fun.
0: I just think this year, January through December was the ultimate adapter die year where you can cling on to this idea, and, and I don't I don't begrudge anybody that does, but you can cling on to this idea of, hey, man, it's not the same as it was when Shima was there. It's not the same as it was when Shingo was there. It's not the same as it was when Tozawa was there. But Dragon Heat has moved on, and they are proving that even in this depleted Japanese wrestling economy, which is still in horrendous shape and is showing very few signs of getting better, under the context that they're working in, they don't need them. You know, Yoshioka... And Daya and Kakuta and Ben K and KZ and you know if you want to throw in you know a Shun Skywalker a uh, Kai and S B Kento whoever it is they have have replaced them and things are going to be okay you know Naruki Doi becoming a part time wrestler did not cripple this promotion as it might have five or six years ago if the shoe ever drops on A ten again I've I've said my My piece on that, that until we have hard news come out about about Aita and and what his schedule changes might be, I I largely think that's been overblown. I think people are reading into things that aren't necessarily there. But if Aita says, you know what, I'm working some Corkins, I'm working some Osaka's, and I will see you guys in the Big Five, I, I don't anticipate attendance to plummet at all. They have restocked the pod, they have moved on, moved on, and they have adapted. And it's so impressive, and, and they will not get the credit that they deserve from the larger wrestling media that they deserve for establishing on the first two Korkin shows of the year. You know who's going to matter this year? Dragon Daya and Yuki Yoshioka. And as we close out the year, you know who mattered more than anybody? Dragon Daya and Yuki Yoshioka. It is incredible the momentum that they cultivated and sustained throughout the year. Daya never felt cold. Yoshioka only got hotter. And that was all set up on the first shows of the year. It was paid off through the final shows of the year. Again, I I love the promotion this year. As I look at my spreadsheet, I have over 50, close to 60 Dragon Gate matches this year at four stars or higher, which is barely edging out AEW. I think in ring-wise, they've been incredibly similar this year, and I would probably give Drangate the edge because I actually, I weirdly think, and maybe this is an unpopular opinion, I think Drangate has had better high-end stuff this year. I only have a handful of AEW matches that I really consider to be match of the year level, whereas in Drangate, I've got you know six or seven that I could comfortably fill out a top 10 with. However you want to slice it, I think their years have been very comparable, and while New Japan slowly started to return to form. I mean, there was some high-end New Japan stuff that I adored this year, which I, I haven't felt that way really since the start of the pandemic, especially if it didn't involve Shingo. Uh, you know, New Japan was good. Noah had its moments. There was some US indie stuff, you know, uh, I guess Ring of Honor really that that was worth watching. But I don't know. I look at the wrestling landscape this year and I think, God, they're just, uh, other than AEW, there wasn't really anything on Drangage's level.
1: Yeah, and it's something that I, I kind of found myself, like, if we talk about 2022 in a whole, I found myself more and more enthused by the stuff outside of Dragon Gate. It, it, it is when I get into those dark, deep depths has been the other stuff I've re- I've like truly enjoyed. So I, it, it's going to be something that, of course, like I think it's expected from me, even though that has not been the case to be pro-Dragon Gate or Dragon Gate would be the... F- be at the forefront of whatever match of the year promotion year you know awards buzz like whatever that is i just think that when you like combine like the in, the end ring stuff to how strong they finished 2022 from a box office standpoint that maybe it is something that the media is just not going to get i mean bushiro presents things in a very easy wrapper and they've done a great job with the english side and really like capitalizing on stardom but I just I just when when I think about 2022, I'm always going to go back to that tag team match at Kobe World. And I don't. And it's going to be very hard in my mind to supplant that.
0: Can I read you a funny Brian Alvarez tweet before we talk about Final Gate? Because it just popped up on my timeline. Oh, please do. Brian Alvarez at 304 this afternoon. Wrestling Observer Live, Bandito to WWE, AEW Dynamite Review and more. yeah man <laughs> uh not bandito but uh, uh i believe he means dragon lee
1: yeah i wonder how they're going to get king of the indies belt back
0: now. <laughs> i i gotta say good riddance to dragon lee that is a uh a man that i have not enjoyed in a few years and i, I hope he finds solace on winter park florida
1: i i mean there'll be one person falling, finding solace there i mean oof. but we're not here to talk about the intricacies of central florida we are here to talk about the final week in Dragon Gate of the year. And with that, the biggest show of their winter, the final gate, it was from Fukuoka. It was Christmas Day. Attendance 2589, massively up from last year. And when you look at the card and you look at how the promotion is going, the easy answer, in my opinion, everyone's going to go, like, Shingo's sold those tickets, but 500 tickets? No, you can't do that. It is strength of promotion, and I think the strength of Yuki Oshioka who has... Maybe not the full hand into it, but they deserve as, as much credit as well. But, Case, uh, uh, attendance wise, just overall vibe wise, what were your big takeaways from Final Gate?
0: Yeah, so attendance last year, 2012, for a show headlined by Kai versus Yamato with Hyo and S.B. Kento versus Doi and Yoshida directly underneath. This year, like you said, 2589 with Hulk and Shingo versus Kakuta and Yamato as the semi main and Yoshioka versus Ben K on top. I see no definitive proof that it is 500 tickets in favor of Shingo, nor 500 tickets in favor of Yoshioka. I think we do have to look at the fact that every house has been up with Yoshioka as champion. I think there was one weekend in Kyoto that was a little bit down and we talked about it on the show and then people, uh, that live in japan talked to us about it. and they're like no that was a that was a weekend where drangate had stuff all over the country there was weird stuff going on that weekend that number actually makes sense when you factor in the opposing factors that were working against drangate every other house for the most part has been up since august when yoshioka won the belt so i, I don't think we have to go into that conversation of well this person drew it or this person drew it it's a great number it is it is a great number in a market that is uh, often starving for wrestling. I was looking at some attendance numbers, and of course I don't have them here. But uh, especially in that building, that is a very strong house. If I can find them uh, after we talk about this Dreamgate match, I will mention them really quickly.
1: Yeah, so the Dreamgate match, Yuki Oshioka retains against Benkei after two frog splashes, Twenty six thirty three is match time, fifth successful defense, yet another ghost of the past conquered, and... I guess like my my first big takeaway and something that I really got while watching this match, I love the story they're telling of Yoshioka because he's getting stronger in each and every defense. Ada ate his lunch; he was able to escape from well, by the skin of his teeth. But since then, more and more, he has been in control, and I feel like that was really put at the forefront in this Benkei match. I thought that was absolutely fascinating, and it was it was a new wrinkle added to this Yoshioka title run that I think it deserves. Mention that if you take it and you put Eita, Yamato, uh, Mochizuki. I'm blanking on the fourth one. I'm blanking on the fourth offense game. Okay?
0: It was Yamato. It was Mochizuki. It was Ata. It was Ben. There was, well, there was the Coach Minora match, but he's not a former Dream Gate champion.
1: Right. So those four matches then. We're seeing a storyline of not only is he trying to challenge the ghosts of the, the past, but he's getting better and better at vanquishing him. And I find that really cool.
0: Yeah, I am so all about this Yoshioka run, and if we kind of frame it through the perspective of just looking at 2022 as a whole, it's an an odd thing to say given the Kota Minora debacle, which needs to be trademarked. That's how we should refer to June and July of Dragon Gate in 2022 as the Kota Minora debacle. If you can get past that, the main event seen in Dragon Gate this year was so incredibly satisfying Kai starts the year as champion. People don't know what it's going to be like, and I I don't like to pat myself on the back, especially in terms of the writing that I do, because I always feel like my written reviews could be better, but I went back and I read my Final Gate 2021 review, and I wrote a lot, possibly more than any single match I've ever written about before on that Kai versus Yamato match last year, and how it was going to be easy to dismiss Kai as LOL Kai, how was he the champion, this, that, the other thing. I said, look, it's it's terrifying on paper for Kai to be the world champion of your promotion, but it is so much fresher, it is so much more intriguing than Yamato being Dreamgate champion, that way, I think we have to welcome it with open arms, and you look at what he did, he had that lame duck defense against Yoshida, that was a lose-lose situation, I hate that they started this rain off like that. After that, you go into an excellent match against Shimizu, a match of the year contender against Susumu, a great match with Kondo until the finish, and then he he closes out his run strong with uh, with the Yuki Yoshioka loss. And then from there, like you said, Yoshioka's been off to the races, and this has been such a remarkable world title reign. And I don't know if I would call this, I guess I like the Mochizuki match a little bit more, but I probably liked this more than the Ata match and more than the Yamato match, because this one really felt, like Ben could have won. And there are a few different spots here where it looked like the title was going to be around Ben K's waist to go along with the 10 pounds of gold that he had draped around his neck. There was real drama in this. There was a real fight. And it didn't make Yoshioka look weak. It didn't damage the intensity that Ben K brings to the table. This was just a classic world title match. This was excellent.
1: Yeah, and it's something that I mean, Yoshioka in a lot of ways can be a little bit frustrating. I, I for some, for some, and I understand that. I, I can totally get that he's not necessarily jumping off the screen in in like charisma, but he has backed it up in the ring. But this match, like the interesting thing about it for me, was just all the different like new character traits that we've seen. Uh, o- over the last, like, five months out of Benke and how it's actually playing into title matches in such a fascinating way. Like, m- my second note in here is Ben is a liar because he's lying about how bad his shoulder hurt early on, and we see that throughout the match, that shoulder is probably the thing that that, that let Yoshioka capitalize. For the it's like, oh, if, if, if he was honest about it, if he was able to, like, n- not have his bravado that has just jumped off the screen, since, uh, the, s- since he decided to listen to battle rap, frankly. And it's and it's worked so well in this match with Yoshioka, who is just like the determined champion. It, it, it's one of those things that I, I, I don't know. It, I can see how Ace runs like this in the past have not done it for me. But this one, for, for whatever it is, if it's either Yoshioka's storytelling through the matches, it, if it's either like the quiet determination of it, or if it's just like seeing like the company and the fan base gravitate around him, it's just been so much fun to see.
0: Yoshioka's accomplishing something in wrestling that is incredibly difficult to do, which that he's he's a dominant babyface world champion. Think about Nigel McGuinness when he won the title and the way that seemingly Gabe wanted to book him, which was, you know, somebody who cared about the legacy of this title somebody who could have great matches. It's somebody that was beloved by the audience and and by all intents and purposes, it seemed like Gabe wanted to continue that. And then, you know, Nigel got hurt and the audience turned on him. This was not something he could not continue to be that dominant babyface fighting spirit champion. He had to turn heel. Yoshioka is somehow dominant yet likable. And that is such a rare feat in pro wrestling that we're seeing because it's different than even, you know, Shun Skywalker's world title run last year, which I thought was excellent. Shun did not come across like the world beater Yoshioka does. Would you agree with that?
1: Oh, no. Shun, in, in a lot of ways, the, the belt was holding him up, not him holding up the belt.
0: Very well put. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it, it's easier to be in that position, again, to, to go back to a Ring of Honor championship. You know, Austin Aries' first run with the title. He's the world champion, but he's an underdog in a lot of these matches, and that's how it was with Skywalker. You're seeing Yoshioka come in here as the betting line favorite. And yet he's beloved, and that is something that is so incredibly difficult to accomplish, and his reign is only getting stronger. And he's got a chance in in January to to really kick off the year in a big match with June Skywalker.
1: Eventually, he's going to have no more ghosts to conquer.
0: That's become our, our thing here, but
1: it's just been so fun to see. Like, I, I, I'm intrigued by if they keep the belt on him long enough for that we do the, okay, now we have to do... do viable new challengers because he has just like you know what reminds me of case now more than i think about it what's that ricky Seamboat.
0: Mm. yeah because, okay.
1: because ricky Steamboat was someone not ever known for his promos but always known as this great fiery baby face confident courageous like i just like i just figure throughout wrestling and i mean he only really only had short runs within the bway title but it was something that I kind of see like a thread there at least with how Yoshioka comes off. And it's really something that, I mean, it's so hard to do nowadays, have a likable dominant babyface champion, but it's something that I, I know we throw a lot of roses at Dragon it, but it's something that I think that I can't remember in recent memory, at least since the end of the territorial era of this kind of champion, being able to be pulled off this well.
0: We throw a lot of roses at Drangate because the promotion's fucking good, and I, I sometimes struggle with that of, I wish I wish we disagreed more, or I wish we were harder on things, but ultimately this promotion is just fucking good. And one of the reasons that it's good is Ben K, and I think we need to throw a few gold roses his way. It, the work that he has done in the last quarter of the year cannot get enough praise he not only revitalized his career as somebody who was stuck in this weird upper mid card limbo in which he was r- relevantly like irrelevant. I, I don't know how to describe it. He was just a guy who could lose a Dreamgate title match every year. That, that was the value that Ben K brought to the table. We had seen no evolution since he lost the Dreamgate title. We had really only seen him change his body in ways that, you know, we spoke to people who were legitimately concerned about Ben because it was, haircuts and hair dyes and and this heavy tanning and he'd get fat and then he'd get really cut and he'd get really muscular and it was it was just bizarre to look at like ben outside of the ring was far more interesting than ben inside of the ring and he not only revitalizes his career again doing something that i don't think anybody saw coming which was becoming this charisma machine battle rapper you know japanese enzo amore type which you know thank you court bauer for bringing that into our lives he revitalized this unit that was so beyond dead. Gold Class was such a failed experiment where you have Kota Minora, Minorita, Kaito Ishida, and Naruki Doi. Kaito Ishida leaves in June. Naruki Doi takes time off because of a neck injury. And Kota Minora bombs the Dreamgate scene on the biggest two shows of the year. This unit is fucked. And all of a sudden, Kay comes in He revitalizes gold class. He changes the concept from wanting, you know, more women at Dragon Gate shows and any other promotion to just being guys draped out in gold. He really, I think, has rehabbed Kota Minora's image, which is something we haven't even talked about. Is just by proxy of being around Ben K, I think Kota Minora is better off. And we have now seen. I, ben K developed this chemistry with Minorita, which I think is better than Minorita's chemistry with Coach Minora, which is wild to say because I think those two work great together. The last quarter of his year has been such a monumental home run. It was capped off here with a great match, a four and a half star match, in my opinion. A go out of your way and watch this essential viewing type match. Yoshioka's red hot. Ben K came into this red hot. This was a perfect storm of ingredients. And it all played out to the best possible execution. It, this was a giant win all around.
1: Yeah, and like, not just character-wise, Ben put in a shift. It was something where I, it's been a while since I like will get, will gasp while watching him do like his spear where he kind of wraps around. And he, he did it so many different ways. And it was so like devastating throughout the match. And then he was bumping his ass off for, for, for Yoshioka. And it was something that, as much as I've enjoyed Yoshioka's performance in this match, I felt like that Ben really was the thing that kept it together. And it was, I, I was four and a half as well on it. Uh, but it was something that I'm looking back at, like the notes, like I only have one of his title matches, Yoshioka's title matches below four and a half stars so far this year. And it's just, it, it's kind of ludicrous in a way, isn't it? Like K- this guy. The, the, this guy non-factor i mean being in a masked role that was more for Daya, or at least as we were led to believe was more as dia's uh, uh doppelganger basically but he has taken everything and you know since january 12th of this year has made the company and his image and in it's and in it's in a way that I think the, that the company, as we were talking about before, about this the, this great tearing down the the house and rebuilding it, that this house might as well be Yoshioka's house at the end of this year. It, it, it's been so much fun.
0: Oh, I, 100% is. I mean, he beat Yamato, and that matters. He, he beat Yamato in a way— that really made it seem like going forward, you know, Yamato turned in the keys to Yoshioka, if we want to just beat this analogy into the ground, which we will obviously continue to do. The keys were handed over to Yoshioka, and the crazy thing is, the reason that I just, I think this promotion is in so much better shape than an All Japan or a, a Noah or a DDT, is for as great as Yoshioka is, you've got SB Kento... And you've got Takuma Fujiwara just waiting in the in the wings. And it might be five or six years before those guys. It might be a decade before those guys truly get to take over the promotion of their likeness. But they're coming. You know, it's going to be their time eventually. And that is just an amazing thing to have at your disposal. So I'm with you. You know, I went four stars on the Kai match in which he won the title. I went three and three quarters on the menorah match. And after that, it's been four and a half stars, four and a half stars, four and three quarter stars, and four and a half stars. Yoshioka, again, is he on that tier with Okada and Osprey and Moxley for Flair Thez? No, he's not, but he is on that next tier down and is easily, to me, a top 10 wrestler in the world this year.
1: I mean, I'm going to have to have serious conversations with myself about, I can't put him as MVP, but most outstanding, I think. That there is legitimate argument now and if you want to talk about third place vote for mvp i can see the argument I-, I think right now he's probably the perfect third place mvp vote if that makes sense
0: oh when i send my ballot to dave it'll be probably osprey okada uh yoshioka as my three for Flair fez
1: <sighs> i think Moxley works for me in a way that I don't think works for a lot of people. Moxley's my wrestler of the year. I, I, it, it's very hard for me to go that, But after that, it's probably Ospreay or Siri. Then, uh the, then Yoshioka. All, uh, Yoshioka and Mox are my only set people. I need to figure out my number two.
0: I want to briefly go back to the attendance conversation here, real quick. We talked about how this show with Yoshioka versus Ben on top, this did 2589 in the same building. On October 16th, Fukuoka International Center, Noah did 11.95 for a show headlined by Hideki Suzuki and Kazushi Sakuraba versus Kino and Matsukatsu Funaki. Second from the top, and try to wrap your head around this match, Mike. Keiji Muto, Ninja Mack, and Satoshi Kojima versus Hayata, Jack Morris, and Naomichi Mirafuji.
1: Yeah, no wonder they only got 1,100 in the building for that. Come on.
0: Yeah, and Come if, on. Your, if your argument there is, well, it wasn't a title match on top, I can go back to March 21st of this year. Now, I believe at this point, attendance restrictions were still a little bit different, but yeah. please remember that Dragate put in 2,000 in this building in December of 2021. March of 2022, GHC heavyweight title match, Kaz Fujita versus Masato Tanaka, they did 697
1: that's that's almost as embarrassing as using potatoes to try to get people into Cork and Hall.
0: <laughs> there was also there was one Stardom show here this year. They ran it on May fifth, and it was uh, Saya Kamatani versus Micah in the Wonder of Stardom title match uh, on top. That did eleven fifty six.
1: And Micah, I believe, is is from there. If I'm not wrong, that is if correct. If I'm not mistaken, yeah, that's oof, yeah.
0: So again, you know, I, it's why I it's why the bar graphs with the total attendance really bother me because Dragon Gate runs less big shows than most promotions, and they also run far more smaller shows than most promotions. But their big shows ultimately, especially outside of Tokyo, do far better than Noah or Stardom or DDT, for that matter.
1: Yeah, and it's something that when you look at how this card was constructed. And, and not to completely good side, just sidebar into hometowns are important, but you, you look at how things were set up here, and it's definitely something where, like, Fukuoka is not their hottest town. It's not their most talent-intensive town. But, boy, they made sure that, that the native sun gets on there, and they make sure that, okay, Yoshioka's from Gifu, Ben's from Chiba, no one really there for that, but let's just bring in Shingo and have a fucking amazing main event.
0: Shingo and Hulk versus Kakuta and Yamato. You ready to talk about this, Mike?
1: Is Shingo Takagi the coolest wrestler ever?
0: Dude, it is... It is so cool seeing Shingo back just for this one night, just as a reminder of like, oh, that's right, he is at worst maybe the third best wrestler to ever live and really as time goes on and on, yeah, well... He's probably on the level of Kobashi. He's probably on the level of Tenru. I think he's better than Hanson. He's better than Fujinami. Oh, oh my God! Is Shingo the best wrestler to ever live? And you know, this is just another four star match that you know he can add to his career. It's nothing in the grand scheme of things, but he just he looks so unbelievably good in this match.
1: And it's also something that, like, when I like look at Shingo and like this, like this is something that. He comes in here and very easily, given like that this was a sponsored match, so we know who probably was footing the bill, but he very easily could have decided, all right, it's a holiday. I'm I'm back home. Uh let's see what this new kid does. And but I'm just gonna let everyone kind of play their hits and I'll jump in there. No, Shingo Takagi came to wrestle as Shingo motherfucking Takagi. And just from like even the start, like the little things he does was the thing that like made me realize that how much i miss them in a way like yeah he's a new japan he has this but it's like there's something about shingo and a dragon gate ring or even coming out to a dragon gate ring and doing like his little nod to the camera before he hits the ring or does before he does he does his prayer and hits the ring that is just like how can't you think this guy you like look at this guy and he's just like you know everything about him just from that nod, don't you? You know that this guy is incredibly self-assured. You know that that, that, that he's like looking at the task at hand, and he's confident. It's like, I'm Shingo Takagi, and I'm here. So, of course, y'all are cheering for me. Of course, I'm going to come in here and put in a shift here. And seeing him work with Kakuta, and we will get more into Kakuta in a moment, but seeing him work with Kakuta had a certain symmetry there that Maybe that was a thing that I felt like was missing a little bit this year was like the the symmetry within generations. Usually we have a good gut check to do that, but we did not really have that this year. We'll talk about what they did instead later on. But it's just like something that like just the vibe of that was something that I didn't know I was missing until now.
0: I don't know where you stand on this. I got really nervous watching this match because it started really really slow and I'm kind of sitting there through the first 7 or 8 minutes and it's it's good. I mean it's it's a watchable match. It's not bad by any means. But I'm going it's, you know, it's shingo. I I want to see greatness and I'm not sure I'm going to get it. And then all of a sudden this match it it turns up a level so quickly and so in, and in such an intense way. It is really a true calling card of Shingo, where just in the snap of the fingers, you're witnessing a great match. And it started with some of the Yamato and Shingo stuff, and it, especially by the end when it was Shingo and Kakuta, was everything that you could have hoped for. I loved, loved, loved the spot. Shingo takes Kakuta's head off of the pumping bomber. He goes for the pin. One, two, three. BB Hulk kicks him in the top of the head. Shingo has to uh, then pumping bomber Hulk to the floor. And then things are cleared out Uh, by that point for Kakuta and Shingo to do their thing. You get the hand of God, Larry to Shingo. He kicks out and then it is a pumping bomber and a last falconry to put the youngster away. This took a while to get going, but my God, was it worth it by the end of this match?
1: Yeah, this was a five star closing stretch and a four and a quarter star match.
0: That's a very good way of putting it. I was I was four flat on it, so roughly in the same ballpark there. It, I, I don't know. I, I battled this in the moment. I, I battled this in the build of this match. I battled it in the moment. I even battled it a little bit writing my review. This year in Dragon Gate, again, a year that I, I look at very fondly, it was so aggressive in terms of the youth movement, and if you're BB Hulk, if you're Naruki Doi, if you're Yamato, fuck you, you are now old. Even Eita, you are on the chopping block of being old. There is a part of me that is so deeply bothered by the idea of Shingo coming in and pinning Kakuta. In my head, I'm thinking, why can't Kakuta just pin Hulk? And we'll just not have Shingo involved in the fall. We'll wash our hands of this. We'll be done with it. They can tease a singles match that'll never happen. It'll all be Okay do you at all share that mindset of being just a little bit perturbed that Shingo came in and pinned a guy who could very easily one day be a future Dreamgate champion?
1: No, if only because I know they'll use this as B roll, <laughs> you know, yeah, like, like you see, you see the package in your mind, you know,
0: I think it's, it's less bothersome because it's Shingo and not like Takamichi but I, I still, you know, Shingo's a guy in his forties and, I am so into the aggression that Dreamgate has used this year when they're building this new roster. Shingo is, quite frankly, not a part of that equation. I mean, there's a reason that he left, and it's because he no longer fit in. And if he was still there, I would want, you know, Fujiwara or Kento or Kakuta, you know, pinning him and, and taking him out of the Dreamgate t- uh, scene as well. That did not happen here. We get Shingo beating him. I am over the belief. I want to know where you stand on this. Kakuta, his profile will be raised in defeat. This was a loss that was effective
1: yeah, and I think that's the mindset to have with this match. Like it's something that, yeah, it would have been great if it would have been, oh, he came in and Kakuta got him with the hand of God, and that was it. But this is the kind of match that you you see it two nights later that like has had a measurable impact on Kakuta. Now if he could just turn that last five minutes of this match into what we get from, like, the bell ring, you know? Like, yeah. it, it, it's it, it's a building kind of experience for him. I mean, I woke up Pudge in the hotel at the hand of God. Like, I we, I yelled at it because just, like, I was like, okay, this is what we want from uh old hip here. And it just, it felt like, okay, You you had that there were some obvious glaring issues in the lead up here, but that last five minutes of this match and and credit to Hulk and Yamato too. Like I know that it's natural to talk about Shingo being back, Kakuda being the young gun in this match, but in a lot of ways, like this was Hulk at his best for where where he is now. Because you got the interactions with him and Shingo, you got all the uh, all the tension with him and Yamato as well, and it just it, it worked very well for given the state of BB Hulk in 2022. And Yamato, that apron bump that he took clearing himself out of the ring for Kakuta and Shingo should be—I I, mean—he deserves credit for that as well because that was insane. Case.
0: No one takes a clothesline over the top rope like Yamato. That is one of those things that if I, if I could just. I don't. I know. I'm not in the belief that any U.S. indie wrestler watches wrestling anymore. I just all kind of think they go back to Jordan Grace's hotel room and they just retweet gifts of themselves all day. I think that's what their tape study is. But if I could just get wrestlers. To watch the way Masato Yoshino kicks out of pinfalls, and the way that Yamato takes clotheslines over the top rope, I think the industry would be in a much better position.
1: Yeah, and I mean it's something that maybe it's a good thing that like the that that Dragon Gate hasn't permeated the, uh, the 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 Americas as as much as we'd hope. Because I I, I don't want SP Kento to be doing that right now. I don't want him to be just be retweeting himself. I want him to be doing great things like he's been doing during this excursion.
0: Yeah, that, that is a conversation that maybe we can get to next week. You know, SB Kento, well, I guess we'll have it now. We broke the news, SB Kento and Estrella were going to America. They were going to be over in September. We had the dates on SB Kento from an American promoter saying uh, September 1st through December 31st were going to be when he was available. I, I, I double-checked this morning to make sure that I read this right or remembered it right, and I did. And Estrella was offered from September 1st onwards. So, who knows when Lost Ray is coming back? SP Kento, we kind of assume would be back maybe on these first Corrigan shows of the year, but now he's booked in Bola and he's booked on that Deadlock Anniversary show, which is great. I, I don't look at that as a punishment. I look at that as, hey, he finally caught on in America to some degree, a very small degree, but some degree. Let him get these bookings and then I expect to see him in Japan very soon.
1: Yeah, no, I'm totally with you on that. I'm going to try to get myself up to to Concord for that show. Oh, yeah, I would, I I, I, I would
0: love for you to be in the building for that. I, I'm disappointed the only time he came to Chicago, he came to a suburb about an hour outside of the city on a night in which I could not make it anyways.
1: You weren't there for the Chicago style?
0: I was not there for the Chicago style championship wrestling in Michigan City, Indiana. <laughs>
1: yeah yeah uh i i also have to say that i th- I think one of the things that in this match that really kind of got to me and it was something that you know in, in, in a lot of ways that they, they are putting the ghost behind them but it just was one of those things that i was like oh it's really cool that this could happen but i like and then my mind goes to could this happen with Tazawa? would i want this to happen to Dozawa? And the more I started thinking about it, other than like my own personal thing of wanting to see him back in Dragon Gate at least once time one more time, I just don't know that's like the right thing. Like I feel like that this was like a special one night, one guy thing. And it was nice to see half of the big six in the same ring once again.
0: No, because I think look, if they announced Tozawa in the same way that like Noah uses Kenta, if they said, hey, dead or alive, it's Tozawa and X versus Y and Z in a in a tag match. You're going to be super into that. In fact, I want you to build that tag match. Tozawa comes back. Who are you putting him in the ring with?
1: If he comes back, I, I think you have to have KZ somewhere in it because KZ openly took his role. I feel like you have to have that. Kind of want to put Jackie in there, but I also... You, you, you know who is someone that I feel like could get a lot of out of facing Tozawa, or at least getting to work with him in one way. Who's that? Ria Fuda.
0: Ooh, interesting. Why is that?
1: Because Ria Fuda has been struggling for so long. I mean, health-wise, just getting passed by because of injuries. That, and, and he does one thing very, very well. And does it in his own way that I think is really interesting. And I think that it's, that he is someone that Given how Tazawa's strengths, and given where I think that Fuda probably needs some little bit of help, I mean, just like let some of the charisma rub off on you. Uh, Ways to construct a match, crowd, uh, crowd appeal there, because a lot of the people in his generation have kind of figured that out, right? Like, uh, like
0: it's the the unfair downfall of Rio Fuda. He is in the same class as a bunch of arguable prodigies,
1: right? So I think that one heart scrabble person of the twenty twenties meeting the original heart scrabble dojo student, I think would be really remarkable.
0: That's an intro that's so not where I thought you were gonna go with that at all. That's not I you, you I would.
1: You thought I would do Kame. just say it.
0: Well, no, I just I didn't expect it to be Fuda. I just I kind of thought I would list the entire roster before maybe Genki Saito and Ichikawa before I hit Fuda. <laughs> I, uh, it's a very interesting way of looking at it. I have some food of thoughts for later when we talk about Kobe uh, Sambo Hall, but yeah, that, I mean, you're absolutely right. He, he could, he just needs confidence. It, it's very, you're right. It's very similar to Tozawan where I think he struggled for so long. You had confidence beaten out of him. And again, I have, I have food of stock and I have plenty of it. And I think you would be foolish if you didn't have some, or if you had sold all of yours, he's, a really talented pro wrestler for being a year into his career. It's just a matter of, again, he's in the class with Fujiwara, and he's got to deal with Mochizuki Jr. and Nagano and Kato breathing down his neck, and that's not even factoring in Takuma Nishikawa, who could come back at any moment and might pass him by as well. All Japan, Noah DDT, they would kill to have this guy Oh, my God, if they could get their hands on a naturally talented pro wrestler like Ria Fuda, somebody they could mold in their own image, they would be delighted. But he just happens to be like the ninth best guy in a class full of nine great wrestlers himself included.
1: Yeah, no, I, I, I think you're absolutely right about that. And maybe I am I, buying back some of my stock. You know, I mean, the stock is at low right now. You might as well get in.
0: Absolutely. By the way, real quick, I would do Tozawa and KZ versus SB, Kento, and Hio.
1: Hio and Tozawa make so much sense.
0: And SB, Kento, I, see, I, it's funny you say that, because I look at it as being an... And I wanted to be SB, Kento, and Tozawa. That's why I'm building that match.
1: Fair, fair, fair. It's just, it, it, it's something that, like, I, I don't know why, but Hio talking about... uh when toes was farewell was like hey you're the one who made us run forever and uh thank you but i hated it and i think <laughs> yeah. that but that, that that's very funny and i think that that'd be a funny thing to play off that he tries to gas him
0: yeah absolutely
1: as we move down the card the uh, second title match uh, the second of three title matches on the show were for the open the triangle gate championships it was the zebras champion team of shun skywalker kai and ishan defending against the T2P slash freelancer team of Naruki Doi, Kondo and Toru Owashi. Kai penned Kondo with the authorized Ganosuke clutch in 10 minutes and 35 seconds after a box and powder attack from Ishin, who Ishin had himself a night, didn't he?
0: Well, Ishin goes to the floor like two minutes into this match that we never saw him again until the finish.
1: But like the two minutes beforehand, like Naruki Doi was getting his payback. You yes, know, literally very much getting so. his payback.
0: Yeah, I, I thought this was a super fun match. I, I I didn't see a lot of thoughts on this. I'm kind of curious to know where people are at on this because I looked at it as, first of all, another win for Freelance Doi, just a match where I thought he was awesome and Shuji Kondo was terrific as well. Torawashi was there, not bad by any means, but you get this Kondo and Doi team that really take it to Kai and Skywalker in a way that is, you know, there's not a lot of guys on the roster that can really stand up to Kai for lack of a better term and Shuji Kondo is one of them and we saw just that I thought it was super entertaining
1: yeah I love this I was okay. four flat on it I really was no okay
0: po- I, I was three and a half so you're a little bit higher on it than I am and I really liked it
1: yeah I, I think for me I for me I appreciate the fact that this was unrelenting this was full pace it was something that was like Naruki I was like hey it, it's all right I'm I, I might not be here around as much but let me remind you who I am for a little bit and then suji kondo and kai just colliding into each other a whole lot and i i just like the fact that that this was not a match other than like the first two minutes with doi and ishan where there was kind of a back and forth there i appreciate the fact that it's decided let's just go all out for 10 minutes and just kill each other and i really i really dug it it really tapped into something for me last night
0: i thought kai was one of the 50 best wrestlers in the world this year do you have any thoughts on that?
1: Kai, uh, I'd probably put him 35 to 50, now that I think of it. I didn't, I, I have not thought about where I'd rank these things, but I, I think there's totally a defensible case for Kai as a top 50 wrestler the world when you look at his championship matches, excluding the Yoshida one. I liked the Kondo one up until it, like I would have gone probably four and a quarter on the Kondo one if it wasn't for the that could have menorah debacle but and and then you immediately segue that into more of a supporting role where i i just really have enjoyed his teaming with ishan since ishan turned and it it, it, there's a certain camaraderie there that works out and it plays it, it scratches an itch in my brain that i think that yeah 35 through 50 easy
0: yeah, I I look at my list and, you know, Kai's a guy who I preferred this year more so than an Eddie Kingston, more so than a Hiroshi Tanahashi, more so than a Claudio, more so than a Zack Sabre Jr., more so than a Nick Wayne. Those are all guys that I would have in my, you know, 50 to 60, 50 to 70 range. And I thought Kai was a top 50 wrestler this year. He deserves to be in the conversation. When we talk about the Young Bucks and we talk about Matt Seidel and Ricochet and Pac and all of these guys that are better off because they work Dragon Gate and it, and it made them better wrestlers. Kai needs to be included in that conversation. I mean, I I think he's awesome now, and it, it took me a long time to get there. Mike, you know that better than anybody. I was not hey. on board. I was not on board with Kai when he came in. I was really, really tired of the Kai Yamato BB Hulk triangle that lasted for two full years. It took a long time, but once he and Yamato got away from each other. Once Kai won the Dreamgate belt, look, I, I, I've i got to take a victory lap on that. I was right about Kai as champion. It was a net positive. The Susumu match is a, is a top 10 match of the year. It's a top three Dragon Gate match for me this year. It was a net positive run, and then I look at the work that Kai has done up and down the card this year. He's just been great. He is a great pro wrestler, and he's not doing Onita cosplay. He's not doing Mudo cosplay. He's being a Dragon Gate heel, and he's damn good at it.
1: It almost makes you want him to take this and see if there's some way to run back Wrestle 1 and All
0: Japan for him, you know? I, I, n- no, I, I, I know <laughs> what you mean, but Russell 1 is dead. Let's keep it that way. But it, it, it's, it's again, I mean, that that goes to your point of... You know, this this is not the guy that was the ace of a failed promotion. This is a guy who wrestles with confidence. He wrestles with charisma. I think he's a great wrestler. I mean, again, look at the names in here. It's Shun Skywalker. It's Shuji Kondo. It's Taruki Doi. Names that you associate with Dragon Gate and the Dragon Gate style. And Kai is right in there with him. We don't even have to have that thought of, you know, it's five great wrestlers and Kai anymore. Or Can Kai keep up in a big spot? Or is Kai going to weigh this match down? it's never that anymore. He is a part of the fun. He is an equation, a part of an equation that equals success. He's incredible. He is, was so great this year and he was great in this match to boot.
1: It's just, it, it's something where it, yeah, he should be added to the lists of people who come in and come out of Dragon Gate much, much better. And it, I'm glad to see that this uh, zebrat team retains. It's something that I'm intrigued to see where it goes to in 2023 with them. And, it's remarkable for as much as I as in as I am for Ishan right now one as you mentioned very little Ishan in this match but two does not a lot talk about him because he was not in that match like I I would think that this match would be like oh Ishan gets to go up against like the heels of T2P but nope not happen
0: but I still think overall and I, I'm sure you're on the same page with me I I think his... His time as a heel is very interesting. I mean, even go to the Kobe Samba Hall, made an event where he was far more active and he was excellent. This is just a, a weird match in which, you know, other than the turn, which was very clearly a heel move turning on M3K, he's had that dead behind the eyes look. He's wrestled a little bit differently, but he hasn't been an all-caps heel in the way that an all-caps ishin should be. And this was just a definitive heel move that I think is going to give him some more momentum for that character in the first few months of next year.
1: And moving down the card, before we move to the pre-intermission match, as it went to intermission, they replayed Yuki Oshioka's uh, debut match. It was a Kobe Sambo Hall match. And uh, when Jay was listing off of the names there, Peter Casa is a part of this match here. And Ho-Ho is lying. Peter Costa, who is that?
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> I will reference this match when we talk about a match in a little bit.
1: Moving down the card, the special singles match on the show was a singles match between Coda Menorah and Diamante. They they faced before in 2021 in King of Gate. However, this time Diamante won with one of the more brutal, and ugly looking Volta finales in twelve minutes and seven seconds. In case do we think we're getting a, a little bit of a menorah reboot after the debacle?
0: Yeah, it's time. You know, I feel like whatever, at least at least to me as, as somebody who was all in on Menorah through June 2nd of this year, then June 3rd is when it really started to change. You know, I'm I'm back in. I can deal with a Menorah Minorita Twin Gate Challenge or a Menorah Bin K Twin Gate Challenge or if Gold Class wants to go off the Triangle Gate belts, even if if it leads to, you know, I, I don't think they're going to do him versus Yoshioka again, which I think is a good thing. The fact that, that Minora got that challenge out of the way in defense. Number one, it takes a lot of pressure off of the, well, Minora's got challenged at some point. Minora's got challenged at some point. We've already done that. We're past it, but I am now back to the point where I think he can be in a big match. and I'm not going to have any debacle PTSD from it. You know, this is, this is something that he survived in part, Ben K and part Minorita, in part, just being so de-emphasized for the last five months of the year. I think he's rehabbed himself because this match was very good and had, it had a better finish. Cause I thought that Volta finale really came out of nowhere. If it, if there was just a little bit more build to the finish, I would have gone notebook on this.
1: Yeah, that's where I ended up. I was at three and three quarters as well. It, it It's something where I know that this has been one of your favorite uh, causes, but boy diamante looks strong in this like it it really was diamante just really taking it to minora for 12 minutes and Menorah had some strong had some bouts of offense there but i know how much you're hoping for the diamante uh dreamgate shot this is definitely a win that i feel like is a nod towards the momentum needed for him to have that.
0: Look, they're doing Shun in January. I'm stunned they're doing Yoshioka versus Shun Skywalker in Korokan, because that match is bigger than Korokan. But they're doing it there. That leaves Champion Gate open. It could be Doi. I really hope it's not Hulk. Or it could be somebody that hasn't won the Dreamgate belt. It makes sense in my mind to do Diamante versus Yoshioka there, because they had such a great match in Osaka- and King of Gate last year, I guess the I, there's this idea, too, that I'm just now thinking of. If you if you go back to Dead or Alive this year with a really strong cage match, if it's some sort of Z-Brats versus Vibes, you get KZ, you get Shun, you get Hyo, you get Kai, you get Jackie, and... You know, maybe Strong Machine J, just because he has a mask, and that's something that could be on the line. You, know, you pick your six biggest guys from those units. You put those guys in a cage match on top. You could do Yoshioka versus Diamante on Cinco de Mayo for the Dreamgate title.
1: Yeah, and I, I think you would have to then, uh, by that point, you're wondering what you're going to do with Nicole's favorite son, though. I guess you put SB in the cage, right? He's already lost a cage match. Well,
0: Lespie could come back during the cage match. I mean that could that could very easily be what they do there.
1: I like that a lot I, I I'm here for it, but yeah no it's it's something that i the one like big negative I say on the, I would say on the night that this match wasn't really the biggest example of, but I noticed that some throughout this match and throughout the show was rare production gaffes in dragon gate.
0: what was the issue here? I don't remember it, it was
1: something that that. When they would switch, they, 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 it was not only that the volta finale came out of nowhere; it just was something that it was. It, you, you, they cut to it like right as Diamante was just standing there waiting yeah. for Minora to get up before it. So, but I mean that that's much more of a problem in the opener. When we get to that, uh, case, are you ready for some quadruple dragons? I am ready for some quadruple dragons. Lek Fuwarun mask eight man tag team match. It was quadruple dragons. Everyone, but. Uh, Darkness Dragon, and and Problem Dragon, it was Ultimo, Dragon Kid, Daya, bukutomo Dragon making a return, versus Don Fuji, Ginky Horiguchi, Eita, and Ho-Ho-Loon. Ultimo got pissed at bukutomo Dragon milking things out, and he shoved them out of the way so he can do the world's most powerful my straw cradle to Ginky Horiguchi to win in 8 minutes and 42 seconds.
0: I like that if you go to the Dragon Gate website right now, they have re-added Bukaltimo Dragon's profile on the website. Uh, this is a character that perhaps is going to stick around for a little bit.
1: I just hope that, that they keep it on the profile, just like Kieran, man, you know,
0: <laughs> for something that shows up once a year for a very specific audience, but it is a vital part of the roster.
1: Exactly. It, because I felt like this was the precise amount of Bukodomo dragon I would want now, like come in for one match, do your shtick, get uh, Ultimo gets mad at you and we're good. Shimizu has a lot better things to be doing, but for one match a year for this, I thought it was a lot of fun, and it made a usual touch football match have a little bit of spice to it.
0: You talk about rare production gaffes in the match that followed this, that Diamante versus Minora match. A rare stylistic faux pas in Dragon Gate. I don't know where you stand, but I hate Dragon Dia's new hair job.
1: As someone who had a lot of bad hair cuts and hair and dye jobs when i was younger and had more hair you you know sometimes people just have to like go experiment and i felt like it was looking a lot better by kobe
0: it was looking better at kobe but he is a fun in the sun beach kissed blonde kind of guy dragon dia is the human embodiment of blondes have more fun and the fact that he is doing this redhead dye job now it is just not doing a thing for me Who's the
1: uh, red kid and, or the, the kid of red hair and, uh, and DDT?
0: Oh, I, oh, fuck. Um, it, yeah, I know that, who that's you're what it reminded about. me of. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What is that guy had a really good match this year, too? Hideki um,
1: Oatani, I think.
0: Uh, I'm going to say you're right. DDT fans don't get mad at me.
1: Hey, I, I, I've already proved myself to be, uh, proved being an ass made asked myself on previous podcasts this week, case so maybe they, they might be right about this. They might be as I'm looking up the eruption roster here. Uh, Hideki Okatani, I was close.
0: Is that the guy Hideki? He had a really good match with Higuchi this year, and now I can't think of who this is, which is gonna drive <laughs> me nuts. Here is it? Hold on, let me consult my match of the year notebook real quick. I think you're thinking of Naomi Yoshimura.
1: No, 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 because he's been orange hair. I'm okay. thinking of, I, I, I'm looking at Dramatic DDT right now. Hideki Okatani.
0: Gotcha, all right. I was, thinking, I was thinking of that bright, bright orange hair.
1: Yeah, no, uh, I've always kind of liked Yoshimura. So he's good. The, the, yeah, oh, oh yeah, of course. But, you know, I, I, I felt like this played, they played the course pretty much as you expect for this kind of match.
0: It, it was harmless fun, and it was over before you know it.
1: Well, Case, one, one might look at Minerita and look at him as a piece of harmless fun. However, in the Open the Brave Gate Championship match preceding this, Hio fails in his fifth defense. Minerita becomes the 46th Open the Brave Gate Champion, the only title change on the show, with what was called the Minerita role. However, Case, your favorite pro wrestler, Super Shisa, has officially named it the Minore Tonic.
0: Is that right? Did he comment on this?
1: Yes, he did. And he said, oh, it's a Minore Tonic. And they're like, oh, I guess that's what we're going with now.
0: Oh, fantastic. Yes. Uh, Look, quickly on Hio, I thought this was a super successful Brave Gate run. His first singles title, he wins it versus SP Kento in a match that I just seem to like more than everybody else. And then every one of his matches that preceded it, it's not that any of them were great. I would actually describe none of them as being great. You know, the the uh or I'm sorry, he won it from Dragon Die and then beat S. B. Kento in his first defense, which I again I like more than everybody. You know, the Jason Lee match I thought was very good, the Dragon Kid match I thought was very good, even the T Ron Shisa match I thought was okay. They all had this definitive style to them that i really really liked the the most successful bravegate runs are either ones like Pac, where it is just great match after great match after great match you know the same could be said for that akira tozawa title run or they are title reigns that have their own distinctive feel to them i thought sp kento was really getting to that point last year uh, when he held the belt from september through january um i i think you know you look at like a Yosuke Santa Maria or a Katoka. Those are runs I look back on with great fondness because they all kind of had their own feel. This I think was very much in that vein where they weren't great matches, but they served a purpose. And ultimately I think Hio comes out of this title reign better than before and Minarita gets a well-deserved championship.
1: Yeah. It, it's something that for Hio, like it, the, this was kind of the run that you would hope for for him where like he makes it his own style as you're saying and i i don't think there has been any there has not been more of a three and a half star bravegate champion than he because i've i was looking through my notes and it was like three and a half stars three and a half stars three and a half stars and this match three and a half stars and i just like the fact that in this match immediately they're like okay we are not doing our bullshit and of course minoria sticks with it because he's the little prince he's the valiant baby face but he you know he he doesn't incredibly get gets uh hoisted by his own petard but it it goes to his downfall and that's how it should be with like a calculating heel champion like that and i felt like that in doing so it it made minorita's title win feel even more deserved
0: yeah you you get on this run where you know Hio starts to take off the turnbuckle paths in one corner As Yagi goes and replaces them, he takes off the pads in another corner, but that backfires on him. Minorita sends him into the exposed turnbuckles and then from there uh, beats him up with a fan and then hits his finish for the win. Super successful all around. Again, not a great match. I only went three and a quarter on it, which you would think for a Durangate title match is pretty low, but I thought it was thoroughly enjoyable from start to finish. Minorita as champion is going to be really, really interesting, I think, because... We don't have a match lined up for him. We don't know when his first defense is going to be. I feel like it is a really open table. I mean, it, you could tell me anybody was going to challenge him for that Brave Gate belt that's in the, the weight restrictions, and I can't rule it out. I mean, do you have any feel for who his, defense, uh, his uh, first defense could be against?
1: I mean, the problem is that you're working with the 83 uh, kilogram limit, and he's going to be other than Nagano. Like on the light end of it, so no matter what, it feels like that he will feel like an underdog in these matches, which he should. I feel like at this stage, and I don't know. I kind of, I kind of want to see what Dragon Kid is up to after they disband.
0: Yeah, Dragon Kid versus Minarita feels like a real possibility. I mean, Dragon Kid just challenged for the belt in November, but you look at this roster. It Dragon Kid, you know, Ut's on the shelf, so you you figured, you know, Dragon Kid jason and jackie sb kento if he comes back and then you start getting it starts getting weird pretty quick especially you know you don't even have like a super shenlong to have a filler defense and kobe right now because shenlong is still on the shelf i I feel like we're closer to mochizuki jr versus Minorita for the brave gate than people might realize
1: you know i did not even have that cross my mind about mochizuki jr he has to be under 83 kgs can't isn't he like, like he qualifies he is, let's see a, if
0: the roster he is 80 kilograms yep okay then perfect I like that a lot more than Duran
1: could ever got about that defense so it just,
0: yeah it just, it just feels like that has to be on the table sooner rather than later because all of their small guys are young guys they, they've, they've got a roster that's a it's a pretty thin Bravegate division right now
1: yeah and it's something that they do need to kind of build up like it's a good thing that Jack had those matches beforehand so now you could easily plug them in there and it's not like oh it's his first title shot you know
0: yeah completely it's it's weird but you know you look at you know who, who are the guys that matter you know it's, it's kz who's bigger it's yamato shun kai ishin is is not a, a Bravegate gate style guy you have got nobody in. well i guess dragon dia that's an interesting one because you could do dia versus minorita but i don't feel like they want minorita pinning dia
1: no, no, Daya is too... Good.
0: Look, I love Minorita, but doesn't that feel like a step too far?
1: No, 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 Daya is too protected for that. I don't want Daya taking that fall.
0: This is I, I, this is an interesting run because, you know, Minoreta is super over, but he can't beat too many guys, especially because goal class... Has turned into a face unit because of Ben K. Like he can't, it would be different if he could low blow and schoolboy people in, in route to victory. But I don't feel like he can get away with that anymore. Like I feel like that would be once again a complete menace- mismanagement of what gold class is. So you kind of have to be in a position where he has to wrestle people that he can pin clean. And that's Nagano and Mochizuki Jr. and Fuda and guys like that. But it's not Dragon Daya.
1: Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. It's going to be interesting to see how they get around this, I think. Uh, Case, we've been talking about the uh, about the Absolute Boy, Menorita. It's time to talk about our other Absolute Boys and a real-ass man. As Yoshiki Kato teamed with his Class of 2022 uh, teammate, uh, Kaito Nagano, Fukuoka native, uh, versus the high-end assistants of Takashi Yoshida and Problem Dragon. And what did you know, Case? Yoshiki Kato gets the win 2 minutes and 46 seconds with a Cobra Clutch Torturek after these kids now, they're not afraid of anything as we've seen, and now they, they will beat the crap out of you Problem Dragon
0: I did not see this coming you know, it was something that I floated out the idea on the podcast last week of, well, god, you know could Kato pin Problem Dragon is that out of the equation? And I talked myself out of it, I, I thought, well, no that's just that's us being, you know, two in the weeds. They're not gonna have him do that. And then sure as shit, he fucking he tapped out problem dragon, which I was just not expecting at all. It it's so interesting looking at the lineage of power fighters in Dragon Gate. You know, you go from Shingo to Ben to now Yoshiki Kato. And when you think about the 13 names that have debuted over the the last two years since the start of the pandemic. Kato is completely unique and is, is somehow, I think, the least polished of all of the guys that have debuted, and yet he's the one getting he the rocket rough. strap push. It, it's it's very similar to Ben when he debuted. You know, watching that six-man tag match uh, that was Yoshi- Yuki Yoshioka's debut, Ben K was in there, and long black tights as Futa Nakamura. I kind of forgot. We all loved Ben as soon as he debuted. We were super into him. But he was pretty rough, you know. In that match, he delivers a spear, and he lands on his head. And there was a lot of stuff like that in the first six months or so of Ben's career before he was able to really. Once he got into Maximum, and he was working with Doi and Yoshino every night, he was able to to smooth some shit out. Believe it or not, that was that was advantageous for his career.
1: Hey, Kata, uh, you, you know what the thing about working with Masato Yoshino? Don't you, ever fuck up.
0: Yeah, you don't ever fuck up. Mike Seidel learned it the hard way, but Yoshiki Kata. Kato, is such an interesting wrestler. I mean, Mike, can you remember anybody in Drangate that has had this much success this soon?
1: Only the Gaijin Invaders, you know? Only Brody Lee.
0: Yeah, only like a a Brody Lee or a Ricochet.
1: Right, yeah. It's like this, but it's also something that I think, and we were talking a little bit about this in the Discord, uh, I think that maybe... I I can't say that this is definitive, definitively or at least this is how my brain works on this case. I think that you look at the people who have been lost from this the, this since COVID and even if you want to go back to 2020, it was it was the older members of the classes. It was Sora Fujikawa who was older than the remainder of three. It was Shoya Sato who was much older and then it was Riki Hashi, who was the second oldest person in that class. So maybe... There's a little bit of course uh, overcorrection of Kato, but he does have the ability to jump off the screen. So it's not like it's completely unwarranted.
0: It's interesting. I, th- that's such an interesting thought process because I hadn't really thought of it like that. This is I'm going to put you in an unfair position where I'm going to ask you a question where there's no way that we know the right answer. Wh- why do you think they would be trying to course correct if that's what they're doing? If if, you know, Shoya flamed out and, and Fujikawa flamed out and Ricky flamed out, do they, f- do you think they feel the need to have a guy that's over 25, but is also a rookie have some sort of success?
1: I think there's a little bit of that. I I think that, and it's not really fair that I mentioned those three names when I was comparing them to it, but it probably, it's something to, I, I can see this as a little bit of ovation, you know, I mean. You, you, you look at what happened with Shoya Sato and it it, it became very clear that it was a su- he was a success because he persevered and debuted. You, you look at like Riki Yahashi and it just was something that just wasn't going to work out for him. So give and you could see like, hey, maybe if we put our chips behind this guy, it will work out this time. And that's just that's just pure speculation. Like I'm probably completely out to lunch with this idea.
0: No, I I, I think, I think there is validity to it. it. It's just interesting to, to have that thought process. Look, they clearly want a big guy. They think he could be a guy. It's, it's very similar to what we saw with Ben. You know, Ben was in the same class as Yoshioka and Shun and Hyo. And those guys took a long time to get going. These bigger guys have the advantage. That is the way that Durangate typically works. And, Again, he's really rough around the edges. You know, Fujiwara was so smooth that even even like Fuda, Fuda's a very smooth pro wrestler and Yoshiki Kato is not. But there is something about him, this is, this is a gross comparison to make, it's a little Goldberg-esque where I just can't take my eyes off of him. I really want to know what his next step is going to be. And given the way that he's been pushed, I expect him to have a very big 2023 very, very soon.
1: And it's going to be something where he is a problem. And it's it's so much fun to see that. Like, even though he is... Pr- I, I think he is the the roughest person they've had debuted since then. Like, easily so. Like, maybe OG. Uh, uh, uh. No, uh, Ben.
0: Yeah, well, OG was rough, and OG wasn't charming either. There, there was a charm to Yoshiki yeah. Kato.
1: Absolutely. As much charm as you could have for someone who is permanently in a bad mood.
0: Yeah, it's like... I was trying to think of the earliest winners in Drangate, especially if we're talking about guys who are beating people that aren't from their generation. And you have to go to basically, you know, Ben quickly surpassed Ishida and Yamamura. They came in in 2015. Ben came in in 2016 and pretty quickly was established as being in a higher position than them. And then, you start to see him again team with Yoshino and team with Doi and then from there on he's pretty much off to the races, but the success that Kato has found with you know such a definitive submission victory, look I know it's against problem dragon, but it's it's a rookie it's so out of the ordinary when you think about you know takuma Fujiwara has like one pinfall victory in Dragon gate and it was in a five way match against his peers at that Memorial Gate show this year this is. I guess like a Milano Collection at level of uh, of rookie winnings, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, no, I totally get what you're saying. Yeah, it, it, can't, it can't
0: it can't be understated how big of a deal this is.
1: Yeah, and as we've seen, like that is definitely like if we're gonna to, like list the storylines in Dragon Gate going to 2023, Yoshiki Kato has inserted himself as one in record time.
0: So, Benkei, let's look at this real quick. So, Benkei, his official debut is June 26th, 2016. He had wrestled in, uh, no, I'm sorry. It's, it's May 24th, or I'm sorry, April 24th, 2016. That's the date I was looking for. It was Knessin Ut versus Futa Nakamura and Kaito Ishida. That is the match I remember. That was April 24th, 2016. Benkei wins his first title. On. I just had it. Where was that? It was March 20th of 2017. Ben, Shimizu, and Doi winning the Triangle Gate belts from Shingo, T-Hawk, and Brother Yashi. Jesus Christ, what a Triangle uh, Gate team. So 11 months into his career, Ben K wins a title. By November of 2023, does Yoshiki Kato have a title under his belt?
1: kind of feel like he will. I mean... Given what they've done with Minarita, I feel like that it's more likely than not.
0: I think you're onto something there. I, 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 would, I would say the betting odds favorites are a yes at this point.
1: Absolutely. And then the opener for Final Gate this year was a eight-man tag M3K, the entire complement, Masaki Mochizuki, Sumu Mochizuki, Yuzushi Kanda, and Mochizuki Jr. Versus Natural Vibes, it was KZ, Strong Machine J, Jason Lee, and Jackie Funky Kame. Basically everyone since shimizu disappeared and reappeared as like a mass man but it was strong machine j apparently penning mochizuki jr with a machine suplex in 11 minutes and six seconds as the production gaff hit and i the one thing i, I have to say and i don't blame them like uh, jay and hoho did not cover for it whatsoever
0: no and remind me again i'm i'm spacing on what this was
1: Oh, instead of showing the finish, the the director decided to show Casey laying in some uh, somewhat believable forearms to sumo on the outside. That's
0: right. That's right. They were they missed the the start of that finish. I was trying to think of what it was because I I liked the finishing stretch so much. I forgot that that uh, that unfortunately protruded my enjoyment just a little bit. Yeah, this was a hot opener with Junior versus Strong Machine J continuously being the most entertaining thing whenever those guys are lined up against the ring from one another. It doesn't matter what the combination is. Those two guys are stealing the show. They have excellent chemistry with one another. And it is really, you know, for all of the improvements that were made this year, you think about the leap that Minorita took, even in his rookie year, you know, the last six months compared to the first six months. You think about the leap that Kai took, that Yoshioka took, that Kaye took. The leap that Strong Machine J took should be mentioned as well, because this was a-, a man going nowhere fast, and he really figured his shit out this year
1: oh absolutely so and it's been such a he's been it, it's something like a natural vibes like now that UT's injured I'm like please don't end this unit because it, it's worked so well for everyone involved and it, SMJ and Junior had a great stretch you know who are the two people in this match who had a thing going that I'm really into who was that Jackie Funky Kame and Zushi konda they have a thing going on
0: yeah, Kondo works really well with small guys. You know, if you, I mean, when, when Minorita came into the company, when he was Takumi Hayakawa, he was paired off with Yasushi Kondo more than anybody in the first four or five months of his career. And you're, you're right. He has sneaky good chemistry with Jackie as well.
1: Yeah, it, it was something that, like, in this opener, they really found a way to, like, balance the, the fight with a little bit of jokiness. Just, just an appropriate amount of it that I wish they didn't miss miss that finish here. I could have talked myself into the notebook if they didn't miss the finish.
0: yeah, I went three and a half on. I thought it was a very strong opener and in a very strong show overall, you know, this is one that if you're if you're sitting at home kind of as the calendar flips over to twenty twenty three and you need some stuff to watch, I mean, you can skip the dragon's tag match. I think everything else on this show, if you're if you're into the promotion at all, everything else is something that should be watched.
1: Yeah, and, and it's something that I noticed this when I was, like, pulling up stuff today, guys. Uh, all of the big, big five shows are now up on the network streaming. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, I, maybe, not, maybe not Destiny yet, but they've been putting up... They've already put up Dead or Alive in both sides of Kobe World Weekend already.
0: Okay, good. That, that is good to know.
1: Yeah, a lot of good stuff up there, but I actually kind of came away with this. I don't think that... It, it's hard to call this my big show of the year because of... It's just like a weird year, Dragon <laughs> Gate, where like my favorite match of the year happened on a show that was low-key abhorrent. And this one, I just felt like it was like a three and a half hour, big show, felt like a big show. The crowd was hot, and everything delivered or over-delivered. And I think that it's going to be up on the network until the second. And if you're hungover on New Year's Day, or if you're like me and you just... New Year's Eve is a young person's falling and you're staying inside... Put on Final Gate. You're going to really enjoy it, if only for Jay calling Kakuta someone with a Pixar mom body.
0: You know, Dead or Alive was really good this year. I think because it happened right before shit hit the fan, people kind of forget about Dead or Alive. That card, it started with Diamante and Shun versus Diane Yoshioka. There was Hulk and Hyo versus Kamehameha. Kakuta. That was Kakuta's return match. that That was not great but uh, it was notable to say the least. And then it closes this format stretch of KZ and Ut versus Dragon Kid, and Yamato, Daya versus SB Kento, uh, Paros versus the original gold class, and then Kai versus Susumu. That was really strong. Gate of Destiny was really strong this year. You go back and you look at that card, and that was Ata versus Fujiwara. That was... Diane Kakuta versus Shimizu and Strong Machine, Hyo versus Dragon Kid, that Zebrats versus M3K tri- Triangle Gate match that I loved, and Yoshioka versus Yamato. I think I would rank them Gate of Destiny, Final Gate, Dead or Alive for the big shows this year.
1: Yeah, Gate Destiny was really fun top to bottom. I, I, I think it's either Gate Destiny or Final Gate for me.
0: Final Gate, very good show. Go watch it
1: excellent show will be up on the network until the second that was not the final show of dragon gates year, as always they gotta go back to the hometown case you you you, you go home for the holidays and dragon gate does that every year closing out the year once again at kobe sambo hall the friendly confines with something that has not happened since 2020 super no vacancy full house 585 and case i only got a chance to watch some stuff here so i'm gonna hand the wheel over to you to talk about this kobe show
0: well i we might spend more time talking about the attendance than any single match on this show because whereas final gate was a show where basically the entire card is worth watching you can very easily cherry pick your way through this final gate show there was not a ton here that i think is notable but it is worth mentioning right up top this show five hundred and eighty five fans like you said a super no vacancy full house if you go back to the last show that dragon gate ran in this building before the pandemic you know they they wrestled uh february 29th and march 1st in osaka that was champion gate weekend and then right before the march 7th cork and hall show that show got canceled and then everything got canceled but if you go back to a time right before that, a much simpler time in this world, February 24th of 2020, 540 fans in this building, Drangate in a a still COVID-restricted environment, beat the house that they did uh, right before the pandemic. Now, look, that is in one sense, it's nice for Drangate to flex their muscles and say, look, we did 585 fans in our home base. That is what's up. This is a very healthy company. You could also say that 540 was a bit of a disaster of a number in February of 2020, that that was a a cause for concern. But nevertheless, I don't know, other than like Stardom, Cork, and Hall numbers, I don't know of a promotion in COVID times that has beat their attendance in the same buildings as in before COVID times.
1: I mean, Stardom is really the only other one because Stardom was doing awful Corkins before Road bought it.
0: And when, when did Bushi Road buy Stardom?
1: It was the tail end of uh, 20. It was the tail end. Of, let me see if I can get the date right. Bushi Road Stardom. Stardom was purchased by Bushi Road in, as I'm stalling to look this up correctly. Sorry, I was, was... Distra-
0: I was distracted by the fact that I've had helicopters flying over my apartment this entire podcast. I apologize to anybody that's <laughs> heard that.
1: Uh, it was in uh, 2019 because it was like right before the it was right before covid.
0: Okay, all right. it's irrelevant to the larger point. I was just curious on that, but yeah. So that that uh that Kobe that did 540 just quickly just looking at some stuff here cuz I think it's fun to look at old cards on Cage Match. That was the start of the Drangate versus Toryumon versus R.E.D. stuff. Uh, on that show notable matches KZ versus Kento Kabune in match number 2. There is a six-man tag on here, Mike, that I think you'll like the names listed. It was Hyo, Kaito Ishida, and Takashi Yoshida versus Dinky Horiguchi, Brother Yashi, and Martin Kirby. you have any thoughts on that six-man tag?
1: I really liked Martin in Dragon Gate.
0: I I did, too. I I wish he'd come back. He was was a nice addition to the fold. Uh, Him teaming with Brother Yashi is a little jarring to look at, but I'm sure it was fine. (laughs) I I
1: imagine that they had a lot to talk about. Oh, I'm sure they had so much in common. Oh, absolutely. So, so, but yeah, no, the, the, it's something that you like, you, you take a step back and this is also a time in the promotion where it was kind of, they never really like treat him like a hometown guy, but like Tozawa is from Hyogo, the same prefecture as, Kyo- as Kobe, like the next town over. But it, it, they do this like, like just as a contrast of stuff we've talked about before about Nagoya with SBK, UT and others talking about the, uh, trying to get into Hoku with uh, with that, and then also making sh- Kaito Nagano and Fukuoka, that's never, like, like Kobe has not always been the case for Dragon Gate, so it's always been a hometown thing. So, it, it, in some ways for me, I look at this as, like, a sign of health doing this, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, well, it's just, you know, it kind of goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning of the show. It, you don't have to like this promotion. I don't, I, I don't care whether or not people enjoy Dragon Gate in 2022, but... You just objectively can't speak with like a doom and gloom attitude about Drangate in 2022 because no promotion is healthy, but Drangate is far more healthy than most promotions are.
1: That, that's definitely how it feels like right now. Case, okay, so I checked out two matches on the show. I'll, I'll read the rest of the results, and if you want to chime in, please do. Uh, but uh, uh, opener was KZ, Big Boss Shimizu and Strong Machine J versus the Kung Fu Masters, Jackie, Funky Kame, uh, Jason Lee, and Ho-Ho Luna was Kame over J with the Jackie Knife. in a one match, I have to read this perfectly here. Ultimo Dragon's one match trial series finale versus Konamao Chikawa. He won in seven minutes with the block log match draw cradle. But the first match that you made sure that I would watch this, I was trying to figure out what all to catch up with before recording tonight other than Final Gate, and it was a eight man tag team match. It was high end. Yamato, Dragon Kid, Takashi Yoshida, and Problem Dragon versus the class uh, versus the future classes of Rio Fuda, Mochizuki Junior, Kaito Nagano, and Yoshiki and Yoshiki Kato representing the classes of two thousand and twenty one, two thousand twenty two. It was Nagano getting his first direct fall on Problem Dragon, and ten minutes and twenty seven seconds. It was a. It looked like it was going to be like a headlock takeover into a cradle. It was kind of messed up, but the, it's still the crowd erupted as the, the smallest member on the roster has now beat problem dragon.
0: Yeah. High end not, has but, issues. Very much. So let's stop and talk about this here because I, I, other than the two matches I had you watch, I really have nothing else to add on this show. Uh, this match was a ton of fun. I, I kind of talked about Rio Fuda earlier, but I want to reemphasize my point here of like, look, it's going to take this guy longer to figure his stuff out than anybody else on this card or on this roster, rather. But don't give up on him because you watch him here. There is clearly talent here. There's so much inter- There's so many interesting things that he can do with Mochizuki Jr. Like, I don't know what the future of M3K is, but I would like to find a way for Fuda to get involved somehow.
1: Yeah, he seems like he would have. He would have fit in, and like that's like the problem of where I feel really bad for Fuda because he would have fit in with with early 2022 high end as well, you know, like there's a lot of places where I could see himself figuring into things, and if M3K is continue, going to be an oncoming an ongoing concern, it, I think that FuTA, I, I like the fact that they had a young team at M3K, and him and junior obviously have some really strong chemistry, and I think that would be a good route forward.
0: There was the point made around this time last year of, you know, hey, it's really important that Fuda gets away from Mochizuki and Akuda and Benke and and some of these more meathead guys because we know that Fuda can do that. We know he can kickbox. We know he can strike. We know he has that ability in him. His hurdle to clear is going to be doing the light comedy stuff. It's going to be being more charismatic. It's going to be, can he work with a dragon kid or a, a you know now a kaito nagano you know or a dragon Dia, somebody like that and i think there's validity to that point but i think nagano is so far behind now that he just needs confidence of some sort he needs something that he can sink his teeth into and if that's doing trios matches with the two Mochizukis then then let him have that he can figure out what the next chapter is after that, but he has to get on the page first. He has to become relevant in some form or fashion. And I, I don't know if throwing challenge after challenge after challenge at him is going to be the way to do that. I think if he can just find a sweet spot of comfort, which seems to be teaming with Mochizuki Jr., just given the chemistry that they showed in this match, I think he's going to be much better off in the long term.
1: Yeah, I think that that's the case. Uh, I, I really there was something about this match that like usually you would look at this as the gut jacket the vets versus rookies but the way that they work this and okay isolating out the assistants we know we can beat problem dragon and then doing two minutes of corner attacks really really scratch that itch i i love that so much
0: oh i hope this is something you know we see the rookies versus high end here i'm hoping on the first few shows of 2023, you know, we do the rookies versus Z Brats. We do the rookies versus vibes. We do the rookies versus gold class and the rookies versus D courage. I, I, I think there needs to be some three on three and four on four, you know, uh, rookie future class versus unit battles uh, to start the year, because this worked. this was a a winning combination of of guys.
1: And it it was something that like at the end of the day, you, you know what Yoshiki Kato really does. He wants you. He yes. just, he just, he 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 goes in for a womping, and that's what he did, and I love it.
0: Yeah, look, he is he's incredibly impressive, even if he's not polished. And and oddly enough, you know, the one thing that we've praised Kaito Nagano for time after time again is he's this guy who does all of these complex moves and he never makes a mistake. And the first time I see him make a mistake is unfortunately in the finish of his first win, because I really don't know what he was going for. The finish with him and Problem Dragon, they covered for it, they got to the pinfall quickly but it was a disaster and it's such a shame because it's the one time in his career so far that he seems to have uh, have had a pretty big misstep.
1: Yeah, no, that, that was a bit of a bummer with that. I, I, I think like one of the things I really enjoyed that, like junior in this, like he is still considered kind of like, Oh, he's still getting by because of his dad. And they worked that into the match to a point where, I think it was Yoshida who, who randomly shouted out, oh my God, partway through this match.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, this this was a lot of fun. This is, if, if you're looking to close the year on Dragon Gate stuff, you know, watch Final Gate, but I think this is one of the two matches on the show worth watching as well.
1: Case, I, I'm going to continue reading down the card now. We had a six man tag. It was the original M2K, Masaki Mochizuki, Suzumi Mochizuki, and Kanda, Beating Ginky Horiguchi, Sachioku Boy, and, P- and Punch Tominaga. Kanda over Tominaga. Case, tell- thank you for not having me watch this match. Uh, match five, Doi and Eita beat Fuji and Kondo. Doi with the V9 clutch on Don Fuji. And then the semi main event was Gold Class versus Zebrats. Kodominora, Binke, and Minorita versus Kai, Hulk, and Hio. Ben pinned Hio with the Masakari. I- when I was like, scrubbing through the showcase to get to the main event, i managed to get right to the finish and the most important thing i would say other than shun skywalker of course making the challenge and high-end versus zebrat's loser must disbands was ben k's incredible promo he cut after the his match where he basically said the only reason i lost that match is because my theme does not fit me anymore and then he shouted at the dragon gates music director uh I'm going to get his last name wrong, but he's been there forever. So I'm not going to try to. I think he
0: requested that referee Nakagawa make him a new theme.
1: Instead of the music director? I
0: I believe that's right. Let me see if I can fire up Jay's Twitter account here just to confirm. But... uh... Yes. Oh no, Music Man Mr. Nakazawa. I I read that as referee Nakagawa, which I thought was way funnier for some reason.
1: <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. Uh. But but this is from Jay's uh Twitter. Uh, Ben explains the reason that he lost Yoshioka is because his theme music was made for a K that no longer exists. So he petitions Music Man Mr. Nakazawa to make a new Chicky Chicky entrance to the song for him. Yeah. Uh. uh you, you transcended Go Samurai. So yeah.
0: Yeah, that's look. I love that they're I love that they're going all in on this. This this bin k experiment has worked. I think better than anybody could have imagined. You know, one of the things that I I wanted to mention that I just I, I didn't get to when we talked about the Dreamgate match. More than I think any year outside of 2004, when the promotion split from Ultimo, this is probably the year that I wish we had. You know, the Drangate Book of Secrets, which <laughs> could have could have easily been Nozawa's Book of Secrets this year, depending on who you ask. Um, but just that idea of, you know, what was the initial plan versus what happened? Because I think Drangate planned on doing a lot with Coach Minora, Naruki Doi, and Kaito Ashida this year, and not a lot of that stuff happened. I don't think they anticipated Takuma Fujiwara to one be as relevant as he was, and then two, for him to be away. Uh for the entire year the way that he was or at least for half the year the way that he was I would like to think though that Yuki Yoshioka versus ben K was always the planned final gate main event but could you imagine had things just stayed the course how cold Yoshioka versus a high end K would have felt in Fukuoka
1: that building doesn't need a reason to be quiet no that, would that, have been that, a reason.
0: that, that is exactly right and they would have been silent for that
1: yeah, that that would have been awful. But that was just something that I was glad I caught because the main event of Kobe Sambo Hall, the farewell to 2022, was de-courage. Of course, they're the main characters versus Zebras, Shun, Diamante, and Ishin. Yoshioka penned Ishin with a frog splash, where I know he's gotten distance before, case, okay? so like he's gone three quarters way diagonally across the ring. I don't think I've ever seen Yoshioka get as high as he had for a frog splash before he came in on on Ishan, and, and Sampo Hall does not have high ceilings. I, I thought that was remarkable.
0: It's, it's it's actually a funny venue for them to have as their home base because it's not conducive to high flying. It, it's a very short ceiling in this building, but look, during get close to the year with a notebook match here, I went four stars on this. It is D Courage versus Z Bratz. It's a winning combination every time, but here you have the top brass. You know, it's obviously Yoshioka, Daya, and Kakuta, but then on the Zebrat side, it's Shun, Diamante, and Ishan. 10-minute match, six-man tag. I, I say this all the time, especially on these smaller shows, but this is one of those matches that if it happened on Dynamite or, you know, God forbid, WWE programming, people would lose their minds. I mean, they would not know how to react to wrestling that was this quick and this fast and this intense and yet so clean, and that is exactly what we got here, was just the Dragon Gate six-man Lives on. It lives in a style of match like this. I can't say enough good things about. Just th- this is how the year should close. This was a feel good match on a feel good show, and I feel very good about Dragon Gate heading into the new year.
1: I liked what I saw from Kakuta on this. kakuda obviously has pulled in something for, from a couple of days later. He showed some fire. I love the pump kick into Yoshioka's groza that he does. His, fa- his face, his facebuster move, the wheelbarrow fa- facebuster. That was sick. Kakuda and Yoshioka. Whenever Yuki's run's done, I'd be okay with Yoshio Kakuta tag team for a little bit, and then the apron hip that he did, like it, you could see the confidence from Final Gate popping off there.
0: Yeah, and you you have that you have that where you know again Kakuta just he looks fired up right now. But what stood out to me here was the Dia Diamante stuff was so intense and so crisp. It just it it's another one of those things where. I want Diamante to be a bigger deal, but I'm afraid of the eyeballs I could get on Diamante because this is the kind of thing that, you know, he could, look, if people were paying attention to the right places, Diamante could have very easily been Dragon Lee and he could be on his way to headlock class in the helmets with William Regal and Shawn Michaels and he could be doing that and and ruining the rest of his career. Luckily, people don't pay attention to the things that they should, but Diamante looked like the best luchador on the planet in this match.
1: Yeah, and it's something that more and more I it, at one at some point someone's going to find out about Diamante. Like he can't be wrestling's best kept secret for this long.
0: We will see. I I, I don't know. Uh, perhaps the the continued U.S. invasion of Dragon Gate wrestlers. You know, you got Casey coming over. You got Shun Skywalker coming over. Now announced Big Boss Shimizu coming over. All in the first two months of the year. Maybe at some point, Diamante will join them. Maybe he'll go back to Mexico and be in a big spot at some point. I don't know. All I know is that I think he is uh, so clearly one of the best wrestlers in the world. And in a world of Vikingo and Bandito and Phoenix and Flamita, my pick when it comes to a Mexican-born wrestler right now is Diamante.
1: Yeah, it'd be tough not to have him there. Uh, We did have two big matches announced. At this show we talked about them a little bit beforehand we'll probably talk about them more next week but for the january 11th corken is a losing unit disbands match and it's listed as high end with takashi yoshida and problem dragon versus zebrats with emphasis this match will be contested by all members of both units so this is potentially be a six on four match
0: that's fantastic i look forward to that
1: and then on the 12th the second night of the doubleheader I think they, they're trying to go for 1588 kiss, or they're hoping that after the Dome, everyone's like, yeah, whatever. Good, good, go back to normal capacity <laughs> and, and noise, as it's Yuki Yoshioka making a sixth defense against Shun Skywalker, the latest ghost from the past that that uh, Yuki Yoshioka wishes defeat. Of course, Yoshi, of course, Shun first came out during the post-match at Final Gate, I believe. I'm looking at yes. the clip right now. Yes. So... We have that it was finalized at Kobe Sambo Hall. Those are the two main events for the first two nights in in, in Hall. though those are not the first shows of the year, Edion Arena is the kickoff on the seventh. Uh, Kyoto KBS returns to rotation on the eighth, and then they're off for two days before those Kobe before those Korken Hall shows. And we have a night day doubleheader at Kobe Sambo Hall to close out the month. It's six shows, uh, and of course, English commentary and full production on the Tokyo shows, as always.
0: 1206 was the number for Yoshioka versus Mochizuki. I ask you, Mike, do you think they will top that with Shun versus Yoshioka?
1: Well, the tough thing is, is that Corken Hall is home field for Mochizuki. So, I could see 13.
0: I think it's gonna go over as well. If you if you set it at, you know, if you set it there, you know, 1206 over under, I'm gonna take the over on that. I, I think both guys are really, really hot right now. I think that's a huge match. Again, I'm stunned they're doing it in Corkin because there's a there's a million matches they could put and put a thousand fans in the building here. I could see them doing it, you know, Champion game and Osaka to get closer to a thousand fans in Osaka. That would make sense. Or it's a it's a dead or alive main event. And they're going to do it here. I am thrilled at the prospect of what's to come in January.
1: Absolutely. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. But now they're on break. They'll be on break until the 7th. Uh, We do have some plans for next week's show because it will be award season's case. And we are going to have listener participation this year, aren't we?
0: I I believe we are. I will put this in the Voices of Wrestling Discord. But as we go through our awards and our recap of Gate in 2022 next year, if you would like to uh give us your mvp your match of the year your show of the year your unit of the year and your rookie of the year In the voices of wrestling discord you are more than welcome to do that i will not be tabulating any votes but i would love for feedback on what you thought was the best things in dragon gate this year
1: yeah i might make a th- we might do a thread there and and the dragon gate or the voice gate uh channel for this and we'll we'll talk we'll, we'll read your votes on the show at the very least.
0: Yes, that there you go. I don't I yes, that's perfect.
1: So that's going to be the plan for next week, but I think that's going to do it for today, case So, uh, did you have anything else you want to touch on before we got out of here?
0: I have nothing else to add. Go watch Final Gate.
1: Yep, go watch Final Gate it will be up on the network until the 2nd and then, you know, go watch go watch uh, the the finale. It will be up on the network until the 3rd or no, the 4th. So, y- there is plenty of stuff and up on the network and it seems like that they will be getting up the big, the big matches of 2022 as well. They always have like a really fun thing that they do to end the year. Uh, I did not see if they're doing the public voting in English this year for the happy gate awards, but that's happening as well right now.
0: I, I believe that is just Japanese fan club members at this time.
1: Why won't we, why can't we be in happy gate?
0: <laughs> not, well, I, I wish i
1: remember back in the day and i'm not gonna go long on this thing i remember back in the day like for like the infinity episodes it would always end with the schedule and talking about happy gate and for like two years it was Shisa boy and super Shisa talking about it and it always cracked me up It was like always you've picked, you've picked these two to talk about your fan club that's a bold move
0: who, who couldn't tell them no okay got it
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly but that's gonna do it this week and they'll do it for 2022 for open the voice gate thanks for everyone for listening to us this year. And as always, hope you all have a happy new year. But well, that's going to do it. Uh you could follow us on Twitter at Open Voicegate, cases at underscore in your case. I'm at Fujiheya. Thanks for listening to Open VoiceGate. We'll be back next year talking about the best of 2022 awards. Take care.
0: My name is Tyler Fornes and I am one of the co-hosts of the Good, the Bad and the Hungy. A E W podcast here on the voice of wrestling podcasting network. We take a broad scope approach to the world of all elite wrestling and the entire universe of Tony Khan. We talk about the big matches, the big stars, the promos, the storylines. And we also look at it from a big picture perspective. How are things going to change over the course of the next 10 years with A E W still in the picture? How are companies like WWE going to adapt and adjust to AEW? Are they going to be a similar way like they did with WCW in the late 1990s? Will there be a counterpunch? We talk about all of that and more on The Good, The Bad, and The Hungry every week on the Voice of Wrestling Network